Well, good morning. We're doing some different things this morning, so you're going to have to hang in there with us, okay? We're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, so turn there really quickly. Ephesians chapter 4. If you don't have your Bible, the words will be on the screen. I'll be reading Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Here we go. Therefore I, the prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit with the peace that binds us. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Today we're going to be talking about unity. Will you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, we come to you and, and we agree that your word has the authority to confront us. We agree that if, your li- if, if our life does not agree with your word, we are the ones that are wrong. And we give you the authority to speak truth to our hearts, no matter how hard or how wrong we may be. We want to be right with you, even if we're wrong with everyone else. Father, I pray that you would speak to your people in a way that is impossible for me to speak to them or for... Todd to speak to them or for Brother Don to speak to them. We want you to speak. We want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, there are a few words. I've got a time limit, so you've got to stay with me. I'm going to talk fast. I may be a little too fat to do this, but we're going to get through it. There are a few phrases and words that I want to highlight in this, even though every word in the Bible is important. The, the, the phrases and words I want to highlight is walk worthy of the calling you have received. There's one. Here's another one. With all humility, gentleness, patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit with the peace that binds us. That's what I want us to soak on in in, in my portion of this message. That's that's where I want us to stay. That's where I want us to focus. But there's another word that's real important too. And it's the very first word. Therefore. This is a turning point in the book of of, of Ephesians. Chapters 1 through 3 tell us who God is and what He's done for us and who we are. And then chapter 4 verse 1 says, Therefore, because of this... This is how you should act. It's impossible for me to read all that, but I can't not read some of it. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. For He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love... He predestined us to be adopted through Jesus Christ for Himself according to His favor and will 
to the praise of His glorious grace, that he, that he favored us with the Beloved. It is more true, if you are a child of God, if you have trusted Jesus Christ this morning, it is more true that you are family with God and family with me than it is that I'm standing on green carpet this morning. That's a deeper truth. You have been orphaned and adopted. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler who exercises authority over the lower heavens, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love that He had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace together with Christ Jesus. He also raised us up and seated us in the heavens, so that in the coming ages we might display the immeasurable riches of His grace through His kindness to us in Christ Jesus." You are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It's, a gift. it's God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are His creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in Him. Today, if you have trusted in Jesus Christ, it is more true that you were once dead and made alive through the blood of Jesus than it is that I'm here standing on green carpet this morning. Chapter 3, verse 17, at the end of verse 17. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width and height and depth of God's love and to know the Messiah's love that surpasses knowledge so you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do above and beyond all that we think or imagine according to the power that works in us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. All of, all of Ephesians 1 through 3 has everything to do with what Paul's about to say, what we just read in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Those who understand, who live in the fact that they have been orphaned and adopted, do not struggle with accepting others in love. Did you know that? If they understand they've been orphaned and adopted, they'll accept people. Even if they're different from them. Even if they look different, believe different, act different, they'll accept them. Because in the family of God, they are the different ones that have been accepted. People who understand that they have been dead and lifted out of that do not struggle with humility. Because they know at one time they needed somebody outside of them to do something on their behalf to make them alive. Those who understand that at one time in their life and acknowledge at one time in their life they were under the sway of the evil one being guided and led by him. They don't struggle with patience and gentleness because somebody has treated them with patience and gentleness. Friends, We cheapen the gospel when we make it all about a ticket to heaven. When the one who 
was the author of the gospel, came here and lived his life in such a way and taught in such a way and prayed in such a way that he was more concerned with the kingdom and the culture of heaven coming to earth to be experienced by his people and lived out by his people on display for those who are not his people yet. Jesus wanted the culture of heaven to come to earth. Unity of the Spirit matters. Because when I take my pieces and when I say they made me mad, I'm out. When I say I didn't get my way, I'm done. There's a hole and a distortion in the picture of the gospel. The main phrase that I've struggled with and wrestled with in this scripture while I was doing my studying was the one walk worthy of the calling. And my question was, Paul, are, are you telling us that we can live in such a way that we are, we are worthy of Ephesians 1 through 3? Absolutely not. I don't care how good you are and how, much, how many bad things you do not do. You will never be worthy of what is said in Ephesians 1 through 3. But I will tell you this, Ephesians 1 through 3 is worthy of our walk. Walk in the unity of the Spirit, because Christ is worthy and has made us worthy. Amen. When we started this thing, um, and actually this, this was Don's idea, um, and it was a good one, right? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of I told him I felt feel kind of like it's a little rap battle or something you know going on, but um, you know Dustin made a really good point. I love the illustration of throwing the pieces in the floor that he just did and tossing those away. When I was a kid, and I've never been much of a jigsaw puzzler, but my mother enjoyed doing that, and so when I was an only child, she had more time on her hands. Um, she would do jigsaw puzzles out on the table, and you, you, know, you probably remember having a card table out or whatever and set it up and take days to work on it. And I can remember as a child even going and seeing all these pieces spread out. And, of course, she would start with the edges and the corners and you know, frame it up and then fill in the spots. And I would sneak pieces away. <laughs> and so mom would you know, come back to her puzzle, and in my mind I thought you know, it was funny, <laughs> But to her it wasn't, because the closer she got to the end, or maybe it was an even vital piece, and she gets to the end of the puzzle and there's this piece missing. And here's the thing about that. The puzzle picture is still there. You still see what it's supposed to look like. But you really want that other piece to be in there. You want that piece to fill its spot and do its job that it has been designed to do. Because this, it's been designed to fit perfectly. This piece I have in my hand only fits one spot of a puzzle. It's green. I imagine it's some type of grass, but it's only going to fit in one place to complete one picture. My passage of scripture that I have picks up at verse 7, and I'm going to read that out. It says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Verse 8 says, therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, 
What does it mean? But the, he, that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Verse 12 says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And so what I want to do is just kind of highlight a few things about this passage here. We see, not only do we see in the first part that Dustin covered, this unity that exists. And that's what we're talking about this morning is unity. That God has created us as his church to be unified. That we are all part of a whole. But within that, just like the puzzle pieces, we have been individually gifted by God. We have been individually assigned a responsibility and a role. Verse 7 says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And that tells us a few things, that grace is given to each one of us. That makes it unique. And it's an, a, an, a unique, effectual grace. It's an individual enablement that God has gifted us with to accomplish the work that he has placed us here to do in his name. Every one of us. I'm pointing at you. But it's every single one of us. In chapter, two, in chapter 3, we see that Paul references himself on this point. In fact, you can turn back to verse 2 of chapter 3, where he says, Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. And so he shows himself as an example of being gifted by God. God graced him with something for his church. In verse 7 he goes on to say, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. And so this grace is unique. It's an individual enablement. It's also according to the measure of Christ's gift. It is his prerogative to distribute. It is his to give. It goes on to say it gives according to his measure. Which is to say that we're not all gifted exactly the same. We are not all bookends. 